Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. How many of you love to worship in agreement with God's people in connection with people of like precious faith? To see all these young people worshiping and jumping and praising the Lord, that's a blessing from God for this church. And what an honor that is to the leadership of this church, brother and sister Wissan, their burden and vision for this conference. I'm so grateful to them and to our missionaries and evangelists. We love and appreciate you. You are my heroes. You are my heroes. And I love you dearly. And I'm just honored to be here. You see, sometimes in an atmosphere like this, God shows us prophecy and prophetic word and promise, possibilities of what our ministry can accomplish and who and what we can become. But oftentimes it's beyond our reach, is it not? And the Lord has to increase our capacity because our heart's just not large enough to contain that promise just yet. That's why David said, he's enlarged my heart because I was not capable of accomplishing what God had purposed for me because I was not large enough to do it. But how many of you are thankful that God will visit with us in meetings like this and increase our capacity? Expand our possibility so that we can become the person God can fulfill that promise in. That's what David's whole issue was, was he was running all over the wilderness running from Saul, God was preparing him because he wasn't ready yet to obtain the promise that God had given him through his anointing. So God had to work on him a little bit, expand him, give him a right attitude, slap him around a little bit, knock him flat on his back. (laughs) But finally he woke up and realized, I think I better do this God's way. And how many of you know that you might better just go ahead and cooperate with the plan of God, let God do it his way? Because if you do it your way, you're going to mess it up. How many of you know you're messing it up? you got to do it God's way. and He's going to help you. And that's the reason why we're here. is to impart wisdom to you. Brother and sister Wissant, we love you dearly. And we bless you in the wonderful name of Jesus. You are just awesome people of God. You really are. And I'm really delighted to have all of you here this evening now. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Job 33 and 19. What I want to share with you are several principles that God had to teach me. And in walking the path that I have walked and learning these principles, I did it not the easy way, but the hard way. <laughs> but thank God, as I found out, these principles work for everybody. God's no respecter of persons. If you work the principle, the principle will work for you. And 
Some of you are walking through a time of adversity where you don't and you're uncertain about the future. But I have found in scripture, and I want to share it with you in the book of Job, where God can literally position you to advance in the midst of your adversity. That it was not designed to hinder you from your purpose or your promise. That it was actually designed to increase your capacity and advance you. But you have to respond right to it. <laughs> and you know, I've heard all of my ministry and all of my life that if we'll praise God, we can praise our way out of anything. Well, I have found that is not necessarily the truth. You do have to praise God, but there's more to it than just praise. It's not just a praise session with God like we're enjoying in this conference. There's other things you have to do. We're going to talk about those other things. Now notice what Job is describing, what he's going through in his adversity and see if you can relate. He's chastened with pain. The multitude of his bones with strong pain. His life, he doesn't even want to eat. His soul doesn't even want the dainty meat. His flesh is consumed away. It cannot be seen. His bones that were not seen stick out. His soul draweth near into the grave and his life to the destroyers. Have you ever just felt like the enemy had the upper hand? And if there be a messenger, and here's a very good principle to learn. Don't let everybody interpret for you what you're going through. Because there's a lot of pop psychologists in Pentecost that are absolutely ignorant and clueless about what and the reason why you're going through what you're going through and quit listening to them because if there be a messenger and interpreter one among a thousand to show unto man his uprightness only one in a thousand would even have a hope of telling you why you're going through what you're going through and here's what's about to happen for some of you I feel it in the Holy Ghost and as I read it I want you to claim it as God's promise to you he has sent me to preach this message to you he has sent me to declare this word to you. And this is what's going to happen. God's going to be gracious to you. He's going to deliver you from going down to the pit. He's found a ransom for you. Your flesh is going to be fresher than a child's. There's going to be a restoration of strength and energy. He shall pray unto God and God is going to be favorable and you're going to see his face with joy and he's going to render unto you his righteousness. And even if you have sinned and perverted the way, he's going to make it possible for you to make it right and it's going to make you repent and you're going to receive. Your life is going to see the light. You're about to advance. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to advance. Advancing in the midst of adversity. God bless you. You may be seated. Three books of the Bible deal almost exclusively with adversity and what our response should be in order to advance. 
I'm so thankful to report to you that Job is a revelation of adversity. The fact is true. Unexplained bad things do happen to good, sweet Pentecostal people. Even if you're a minister striving to accomplish the work of the Lord, there is going to be adversity that's going to come your way. That revelation is sure. The Bible declares it and you need to be prepared for it. But Psalms is the response that you're supposed to make to adversity. The emotional response. And notice something. That Psalms is not just a collection of songs of praise. But it's also an expression of David's pain. And what he's experiencing. And the adversity that he's going through. That he's expressed sorrow. Even disappointment with God. But because he brought it to God, God put it in the Psalms and considered it praise. You're not disqualified from the praise service just because you're hurting and you're going through something. Your wounds don't keep you from the presence of God. Your stubbornness keeps you from the presence of God. God will not reject you because you're in pain. You bring your pain to him and God says pain is praise when you bring it to me. Now when you're on Facebook and you're on social media and you're telling everybody about it, even your mama, and you're trying to get everybody to sympathize with you, that's not considered to be praise. Oh, y'all didn't shout on that. Did that hurt? I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm here to get you prepared and increase your capacity for what God's about to do. There's a restoration coming to somebody in this place. You've been broken long enough. You've been bruised long enough. The devil has decimated your joy and your faith long enough. I speak a restoration. You're going to be fresher than when you were a child. You're going to feel energy like you've never felt before. Some of you feel so beat down that there's no energy left to try it even one more time. But I come to tell you, get up and let's try it one more time. And God's about to be gracious to somebody in this house. So it's all right to respond in pain as long as you bring it to God. In Proverbs of the rules of adversity, you must follow God's rules in order to advance. And you have to have the right interpreter of who created this storm. Have you ever walked into a store in a beautiful little trinket and you turned it upside down and said, made in Hong Kong? How many of you have ever seen that? It looked really good till you found out it was made cheaply in some kind of, of a deal in Hong Kong. And of course you purchased it for the grandchildren or for the children and all of that. How many of you have ever had a storm in your life and you turned it over and said, made by your own dumb self? <laughs> Woo! Come on now. I want to get a witness. I want to see if I can get you honest enough for God to help you. I want to see if I can get you honest enough for God to change you. How many of you know that most of the storms that you go through, you created them by some ignorant choice that you made? But my God said that even though you perverted your own way, I'm going to be gracious to you and I'm going to turn and your life is going to see light if you'll just admit it. Yeah, I was a dummy. God, I did it wrong, but I'm fixing to get right back into the flow of things. I'm not quitting. I said I can't quit. I've come too far to quit. I can't turn back. 
I gotta keep going forward. I still believe that my God is able to do exactly what his Bible says he can do. And somebody needs to claim that right now. Here's where I had to get in my spirit that even if God does not heal me, I'm gonna praise him. Even if God does not give me what I'm asking for, I'm still going to praise him. I have dreamed of revival I have not yet seen, but God, whether he gives it to me or not, I'm going to praise him. As a matter of fact, I'm going to praise him to my dying day. My last breath is going to be praise unto the Lord because I'm not going to stop till I cross over there. I may go down, but I'm going to go down shouting. I may be knocked down, but I'm going to go down shouting. I'm not going to quit. Devil, you might stop on me, but I'm not stopping until I reach the place that I know God has promised me. And if I can't find it, I want Brother Range to find it. I want Brother Wheeler to find it. I want you to find it. I want Brother Wissant to find it. And I'm all right with it. Sure would like God for throw me a few scraps every once in a while. If sin has caused it, if a wrong choice has caused it, or if satanic attack has caused it, you got to respond differently to who caused that storm. And the devil does come against us with storms and things of that nature to try to stop us, adversity. But God allows that to happen to advance you, to prove himself to you that he is God of your adversity. He's God of your valley. He's God of your mountain. He's God even when you're down. And he's got your back and he knows what he's doing. I found out when I was pinned to the floor, not because I had a burden, but because the pain of the moment was so great I couldn't get up. I was literally pinned to the ground for hours weeping and crying before the Lord because the enemy had come against me so strong. A choice of someone else had caused such devastation in my life. But I still worshipped and I still praised my God and I knew that he was a true God and he was a faithful God. Four things God taught me while I was pinned to the floor. He said, I will comfort you. And if you'll get rid of your stubborn pride, I will teach you. And if you'll worship me, I will keep you. And if you continue to learn what I'm teaching, I will advance you. This will not kill you if you'll keep doing what I have taught you to do. So you've got to learn to respond correctly. So I'm going to show you how to respond to, to these issues and adversities. The right response is paramount. And yes, I would love for you to come up here. If, if I thought praise alone would deliver you out of your uh, spiritual mindset and get you into the capacity where you could receive your promise, I'd go back there and yank your hide right out of that you and I run you all over this church so your tongue was hanging up out your mouth. <laughs> oh, I hope he don't do it to me. Just look at me like that and I'm coming after you. You better start laughing and praising the Lord and waving your hand. I'm coming after you. No, it's not going to work that way. 
We cannot control the tra tragic things that happen to us, but we can control the way we face up to them. You remember that God put John on Patmos, not because of some misstep or mistake or misfortune. It was because that God wanted him to see things he'd never seen before. Patmos reminds Pentecostals that indeed it rains on the just and the unjust. This isn't Judas Iscariot that's going to Patmos. It's John the Beloved. Patmos was a prison for criminals. Rome extracted their pound of flesh and put John in physical pain. But John goes from being beloved to revelator on Patmos. Patmos isn't fair. He wasn't surrounded by saints. He was surrounded by convicts. But he doesn't allow Patmos to change him into a criminal. He remained an apostle. But I find him that Patmos is the place Pentecostals go to pout. Uh-oh, now, now I'm not going to get so sweet. I've been real sweet up till now. And y'all been smiling, but now I'm going to hit you right between the... Would you please quit pouting? Most of you can't worship tonight because you're pouting over what's been happening in your life or what God hasn't done yet. I come against the pouting Pentecostal right now in the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. We're Pentecostals. All we want is a day of Pentecost. We want God to fill us. God, I need to receive something. Fill my heart. It's at Pentecost you get filled with the Holy Ghost, but it's at Patmos you prove you got it. At Pentecost you get it, but in Patmos you learn how to get in the Spirit on the Lord's Day when you don't have a choir singing. When you don't have a preacher preaching and you're not in an awakened conference, but you still got a burning desire to get into his presence and you recognize that my adversity does not disqualify me from the presence of the Lord because God has promised to be gracious unto me. If you're praising and still pouting at the same time, it cancels out the effect and power of your praise. If you're mad at God because it hasn't happened yet, but you're still praising God because you don't want to go to hell, it's not good enough. And you can't be mad at me because I just told you that. And some of you have changed your opinion of whether or not I'm a good preacher. All of a sudden, you hit the bottom of the basement. But that's all right. I don't need your approval. I was good preacher when I got up here, and I'll be one when I leave. Oh, glory to God. And whether you worship you pouting outfit or not doesn't matter. I'm still preaching a good message in this house, and my God is good. Your burden doesn't nullify your birthright. You're still a chosen child of God. And what you're going through doesn't nullify your purpose and your chosenness in God. Your circumstance does not define your identity. Nor does it cancel the fact you have been chosen by God to be who you are in Christ. 
other people's choices, whether that's the choices of children, a wife or a husband, to walk away from God does not change the value of who you are in Christ. No matter what anybody says or how they interpret what you're going through, I don't care if they've heard from God, they saw a dream, or they prophetically declared something to try to be ugly. It does not matter. They have no clue. I would tell you like I tell my church, just sit down and shut the ever-loving up. <laughs> Y'all can cut that out of the recording if you want to. If that's too much for you Californians, you can't handle all that unpolitically incorrect stuff. But I'll tell you right now, it's time for the church to realize who we are in Christ. Now, I've got a lot of prophets around that want to tell me everything that God told them about me. Now, I don't mind that. I really don't mind that as much as long as I know what God's telling them about them. Tell me what God said to you about you. Then I'll listen to you about what God said to you about me. Prophet, take thine own medicine. Interpreter, take thine own medicine. And if you want me to do something, then example it for me so I can see how to do it since I'm too dumb to know. And I needed you to come and interpret it for me. My, 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 you're quiet. I'm going to go ahead and preach it anyhow. You say, you're on tough territory. I might be on tough territory, but we're about to advance in this church because this conference has advanced from its beginning to reaching around the world and ministering to people in Ecuador, Bolivia, Philippines, and on and on and on. This church is a world-changing church, and we're not going to let our anointing be attacked by the enemy, and we're not going to stop what the Holy Ghost is doing. We're going to see a manifestation of the glory in a dimension we've never seen it before, and God is going to use you. God's going to use your worship. God's going to use your praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'll tell you what will give Brother Wissan a heart attack. Walk up to him before church one night and say, Brother Wissan, whatever you preach, I'm in perfect agreement with it, and God's going to use it to bring glory to his name, and I'm going to get behind you and worship until the Lord accomplishes. You will carry him out on a stretcher, not slain in the spirit, but dying from shock. <laughs> Instead of judging this as an American idol performance, why don't you go ahead and come into agreement and let God use you to produce something out of it? I thought you wanted to advance. Come on, it's time to grow up in Christ now and get to a place where you can use your authority for a positive purpose instead of just being in everybody's way all the time with your attitude. You need to get that attitude out of the way and say, I've got one thing on my mind. I might be in adversity, but I'm going to advance through this and I'm going to respond correctly until Jesus 
uses me to accomplish the purpose. Brother Wheeler, I'm in agreement with you. I don't know what your message is, but whatever it is, preach it. Preach it with authority. Preach it with the power. And I'm with you in the Holy Ghost. My, 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 my. I'm in agreement with every church here that wants to double. Every ministry that wants to double. Ecuador, you need a financial blessing to come upon you right now in the name of Jesus. God needs to provide a financial blessing because the burden is so great that it's very heavy on your heart. And obviously it, would, it should be. But I feel in the Holy Ghost while I was speaking today that the anointing of God is upon me to prophetically declare unto you that God is going to provide that miracle of finance so that that work can advance. That you will not be hindered. You will not be defeated. The enemy thought that he would burn you with this so that you could not prosper. But I've come to declare the devil is a liar. And you might be on Patmos. But it's there. There are three things that will happen to you while you're on your Patmos and in your adversity. That God wants to advance you in. First of all, you're going to hear and feel God in a way you've never done before. Because you're not just going to hear inspiration. The second thing is you're going to receive instruction. You're going to learn to write and receive instruction and know that you're following orders. If you, then you are not accomplishing God's work. You cannot follow your feelings. Now listen to me. I want you to enjoy this service. I want you to really think I'm a great guy. I really do want you to do all of those things. But that's not going to save your soul from hell. Following orders and instructions and obeying God is going to save your soul. I feel, and I speak to this church in the Holy Ghost, you're about to experience a transformation. You're going to go from just being loved to a revelation church, to a church that has the ability to make a difference around the world. So I want you to worship not as you are, but as God is. So I've connected my worship now, not to how I feel, not to where I'm at, but I worship according to who God is and where I'm headed. My worship has now become more consistent. I don't need music. I don't need anybody to do anything. But I can simply walk in here and nobody do anything. And I can start worshiping God. Because I'm not praising God because of where I am. I'm praising God not because of my emotional shape. I'm praising God not because of my circumstantial situation. I'm praising God because I know who he is and I know where he's taken me. And I might not be there yet, devil, but I'm headed that way. And I'm going to praise him because I know he's leading. He's leading. He's leading. God is going to be gracious to you. God's going to be gracious to you. I love it when I see those gray hairs worshiping God. 
praising the Lord. I mean, look at this, standing up over here and blessing the Lord. Some of you young people, my God, that ought to put you to shame. Ain't no telling what these ladies had to go through in their life, but look at where they're at. They're still praising God while you're sitting around pouting about the fact that you broke a fingernail. Hallelujah. Come on, you want to advance in the kingdom of God? Then you're going to have to learn how to praise God even though you're going through it now before God ever brings you out. And, and I, I was going through it. I mean, I'm telling you, y'all can be seated. I was going through it. And I was on the platform of our church, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Now, Brian, I've taught you all of these things, and you hadn't done one thing about it. I said, What do you mean? He said, I want you to come off this platform, quit looking at the crowd, and I want you to turn your back on the crowd. That's supposed to be very rude. And so I decided to go ahead and be rude. And while the singers were singing, I turned and, and you saw me worshiping up here. Uh, that's what God taught me. So I just turned my back to the crowd and I just lifted my hands and I began to worship. I, I went like that for almost an entire month. Nobody joined me. I was by myself every service. I came off the platform. I turned my back to the crowd and I worshiped God. I didn't fuss at nobody. I just got up and preached my message. And I just did my altar call, and the Lord blessed, and I just went on my way, but I would do it every service. And finally, somebody started coming from the congregation and standing with me. And then another, and then another. And then before you know it, I got the whole altar full during worship service, and everybody's out there praising the Lord and glorifying God. And we had a breakthrough. <laughs> I feel a breakthrough coming for Woodland. I feel a, a breakthrough coming for Vacaville. Huh. My God. Ecuador, I feel a breakthrough. Earthquakes happening now in the Holy Ghost. Earthquakes happening now. And you're coming out of your adversity. All scholars agree that John was on Patmos. And all scholars agree that John didn't die on Patmos. So you might be going through it, but I've come to declare you're not going to die there. I said, this is not your graveyard. This is just the beginning of a new birth. Woo! Your family's coming back to God. Your children are coming back to God. The backsliders coming back to God. People who have walked out of this building and said, I'll never be back. They're going to come back. I declare it. I declare it. Every constituent that has walked away from you is coming back. You may not be perfect, but God can still use you. Hallelujah. And you got to get to the point where you ask the right questions. Most of the time when we're going through this type of situation, we ask the wrong questions. Okay, here's a wrong question. This is the questions I've asked. So I know they're wrong because God told me they were wrong. Because <laughs> I was asking. And, and the first question is, is, why did you let this happen to me? Does anybody ask that question or am I the only dummy in the house? 
How, how many of you will go on and admit it and see if you can make heaven tonight? Repent of your sins and uh, tell the truth for once. <laughs> Why'd you let this happen to me? And instead, the Lord showed me in Psalm 73, you need to ask this question, what is God teaching me? What do I need to learn? Now this will change you. And, and, and really, this is a natural question. The next question is, what's this going to do to me? What are people going to think? And then the Lord showed me Psalm 51. What can I become to God? And how can God receive glory from what I'm going through? I can tell you, you really don't want to go there, do you? You want your little questions, but we're fixing to go ahead and tell you it's still wrong. It's naturally wrong, but it's still wrong. Yes, I have made the mistake of asking these questions too often, and God rebuked me. But when I started asking the right question, it aligned me to his purpose. And when I began to ask and say, how can I bring glory to your name? What can I do in this situation, Lord, to learn and to be taught of the Lord? And really, the next response is pretty normal. Who can I blame? That's not my fault. It's Brother Wissant's fault. Praise God. It's got to be somebody else's fault because it can't be mine. It's my little sisters, or it's my big sister, or it's my big brother, or my little brother, or my mama, or my daddy. And all of them may be at fault, but it's really not who you can blame. But the question you need to ask is, how can my life bless others? And so I just said, God, I don't care what you have to do. Just make me a blessing to everywhere and everybody that I go to. Let me speak a prophetic word. I was at Youth Congress this past year. Brother James Wilson preached during one of the main services, and I was in the minister's thing before the service, and he said, Brother, Brother Wilson came up to me and said, Brother Kenji, you don't know me and you don't remember me, but I was just a little kid in Mississippi when you came to preach, and all of a sudden you were preaching. I was nine years old, and I'll never forget it. And you stopped and laid your hands on me and spoke a prophetic word in front of the whole church. That there's an anointing on you that's going to be used all over our fellowship to create breakthrough. And I prophesied to him. And he said, it changed my life when you made that prophetic word. And here I am preaching Youth Congress. <laughs> Woo! I didn't even know it. I'm sorry for telling you because I ruined my reward. But I'll just, I got so excited about it. I just want to be a blessing. I said, I just want to be a blessing. How many of you walked in here to be a blessing instead of getting a blessing? Why don't you reach over and touch somebody and begin to bless them right now in the name of Jesus? Bless them in the Holy Ghost. My whole life has been consumed with being a blessing. 
How many of you got pain in your body right now? You walked in here with pain in your body. I want you to stand to your feet. If the enemy has attacked you with depression, anxiety, and fear, and uncertainties, and however you wish to define that, I want you to stand to your feet right now because God's going to deliver you from that anxiety, those panic attacks that come on you mysteriously at night, unprovoked, without purpose and reason, but they can be so severe, they can paralyze you. And God has sent me to speak this word into your life, and the Lord is about to turn you around so you can become a blessing to others who are suffering from the same emotional malady. And you're going to be, the chains are going to be broken off of you right now in the name of Jesus. How many of you just consume with worry of what's going to happen and what this going to do and how all of this is going to work out? I want you to stand to your feet because I'm going to bless you. God's going to use me to bless you. Everywhere I've gone, these chains have fallen. Everywhere I have preached, when I have spoken this word, these chains have been broken. And people who receive heaven's viewpoint and perspective all of a sudden are free from all of that stuff. And you don't just have to jump and shout and sing about it. You can walk out of here and have a good night's sleep and know you are free. I'm about to do war in the Holy Ghost. We're going to take on the prince of this whole area that stops so many churches from advancing and becoming everything that God has prophesied and promised for you to be. They've done everything they can to shut us down from buildings and from every which way. But the Holy Ghost is speaking to me now that the darkness is going to be invaded by the power of the light. And guess who the light is? It's you. I need somebody who's armed for battle. I need somebody who's ready. The adversity is, does not scare me anymore. I'll be honest with you. The adversities I was going through scared me half, half up out my mind. And it just blew my mind what I was going through. But I tell you, now I'm not scared anymore. Because I got my questions right. Well, I, I just wish some of you'd start asking the right question. God, turn your life right around right now. That's the right response, the right question. God's going to be gracious to you. You're going to be fresh like a child. You're going to be renewed. God's going to be favorable unto you. And you're going to get to go into his throne room with joy, not hiding from him, worried about the fact he's going to judge you. You're going to come with joy as if a child runs into his father's arms and know you are safe. But it's up to you of whether or not you want to claim that. And so I need your faith to join with my faith and we're going to war together in the Holy Ghost and God's going to provide this for you. And you have to learn how to do this. You've got to take dominion. You've got to come with me on this journey because I can't do this for you alone. I can be the catalyst that can cause the spiritual reaction that gives you victory but you got to take dominion to make it real to you. 
So I want you to walk up here. If you want to double in your church, you want the miracle of finance, you want the blessing of the Lord to come upon you, I want you to get up here and you're going to claim it right now in Jesus' name. God has sent me to tell you you're going to advance. I'm telling you, if I told you all the details of what had happened in just a few years ago, you would, it would take your breath away and wonder, how is this brother even standing here? <laughs> how is this brother even here? It don't make any sense. This is why. I just told you why. God had to pin me to the floor and get me to change my questions. And when I changed my questions, everything started changing. Now, I'm praising with the right questions. Oh, I'm still praising. I praised him all along. But praise won't do it if you're not asking the right question. So I just changed your questions. So don't give me that, well, I need to write those right questions down. Because I'm going to give the notes to Brother Wissan and he'll make them available to you. And you don't have any excuse. Because we're about to war in the Holy Ghost and God's going to give you victory. I feel it on you right now in the Holy Ghost. I feel your anointing breaking free right now in the name of Jesus. Brother Range, I feel something changing right now in Louisiana on your behalf. As God begins to use you to speak with authority over the prince and the power of the air and bring revival and harvest in a dimension you have in your heart. Your wife has it in her heart. My dear brother Wheeler has gone through all kinds of adversity. And God has promised in the Holy Ghost. God has promised restoration in the Holy Ghost. I have to weep sometimes for my brothers because of all the things. I don't, you know, everybody's got a different set of adversities. Nobody goes through the same stuff. All has the same effect, but it don't. We go through different stuff. Everyone here. But I speak restoration on this church. I know all hell's fighting you. He wants to fight the impact this church is having in this conference. But he's not going to prevail. was purchased by Jesus Christ 
I didn't purchase this. This is not hype from an evangelist trying to make you feel good about yourself. This is a prophetic word that was purchased at Calvary by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm declaring a purchased promise. I found the ransom, a purchaser who had the ability to redeem this by paying the blood money. He paid it in blood. We're going to advance in the midst of adversity. We're not turning around. We're not stopping. He's a covenant blessing upon you in this service tonight every one of you I want you to connect with somebody around you and we're going to begin to pray together in the Holy Ghost and I'm going to bless you to all of our missionaries and ministers I bless you with abundance and multiplication and dominion I bless you now in the Holy Ghost that whatever has come against you in adversity 
to try to stop the forward progress and advancement of the church in your respective places of ministry. The Holy Ghost right now. The chains are broken. The doors are open. And the provision has been made. Now step into it with faith. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.